Welcome to FIGP's podcast series, FIGP Focus 45. FIGP is the only international NGO whose membership consists entirely of IP attorneys in private practice. The FIGP global community is driven by a shared interest among like-minded people to promote common solutions and advocacy for private practice. The FIGP business family makes the world a little bit smaller, bringing independent IP attorneys from around the globe together to focus on IP issues of global importance. Our host is Louis-Pierre Gravel, a registered patent agent and partner at Bereskin & Par in Montreal, Canada. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to FICPI's webinar and podcast series, FICPI Focus 45. My name is Louis-Pierre Gravel. I'm a partner in Bereskin & Par in Montreal in Canada. I'm a registered patent agent in Canada and the United States, and I work in the fields of quantum technology, AI, telecommunications, mechanical engineering, and information technology. Today's episode is akin to our holiday special in that we will be featuring the heads of FICPI's various commissions, committees, and group. And the idea here really is to serve as an introduction to those who do not know FICPI or those who have been members of FICPI but do not know everything about the organization. We will start first with Robert Watson from CET, the Commission d'études et de travail, or the Study and Work Committee. Hello, Robert, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Louis Pierre, for the introduction. So the name really sums it up in terms of what we do. Um, we study law changes, um, updates to guidance, and importing ongoing cases, and work on positions reflecting the views of our membership on a wide range of topics, um, from plausibility of the EPO through color drawings and patent applications to the need for guidance on NFTs or trademarks, as a few examples. Um, we use our work to lobby IP offices by attending meetings at WIPO, EPO, and EUIPO, and other bodies, in bilateral meetings with IP offices, including the IP5 and TM5 offices, and through our national groups. Our work is held in high regard globally. Many of you will be aware of the consultation on substantive patent law harmonization, which included the FICP position which has derived over about 10 years of work on the topic. We have seven specialized groups led by a small executive team. The groups are Group 1, Trademarks, um, led by Naresh Kileru from the US and Elena Miller from Bulgaria. Group 2 is Designs, led by Jürgen Buchholz from Germany and Michael Conway from the UK. Group 3, International Patents, led by Katsumori Ezeki from Japan and Marianne Armstrong from the US. Group four, European and Unitary Patents, led by Christian Wender from Germany and Geordie Cox from the Netherlands. Group five, Biotechnology and Pharmaceuticals, led by Rowan Joseph from South Africa and Deepatiku from India. Group six covers Lupierre's areas of computer, software, and high-tech, led by Brett Slaney from Canada and Johan Ortenblatt from Sweden. And group seven covers litigation and alternative dispute resolution, led by Mara Ochata from Italy and Rajas Lieber from the US. We also have three special reporters who we appointed due to their great experience in certain areas. Tony Ashton from Canada for Trademarks and Designs, Jerome Collin from France for Substantive Patent Law Harmonization, and Petter Rinforth from Sweden for Domain Names and Alternative Dispute Resolution. If anybody out there listening wants to get involved, um, please get in contact with me or any of the CET leadership team. I should mention who they are as well. So we have two vice presidents, Rob Katz, from the US and Eleni Kikini from Greece, 
Our reporter general, Kim Finnella from Finland, and our assistant reporter general, Risha Pandey from India. Robert, I do have a, one question. So you, you mentioned the various subgroups that deal with this. How many members of FICP are active within CET? We have about 200 active members across the various groups. Depending what the topic is, depends how a int- number of people get involved in those. And we do also try and work cross group. For example, now we're just working on a project on non-PDF filing or DOCX filing, which which we expect to draw in people from a number of different groups, um, particularly those who are interested in such a niche topic. Right. And the other point that you mentioned, which I thought was interesting, and it brings us back a little bit to the talk we had a few weeks ago with the representative from Senator Tillis's office, uh, the positions that CET ultimately brings up for resolution or for discussion are generally the result of a fairly long consultation period. And we try, or at least you try to build consensus, I suppose, among the various groups and subgroups. That's right. I mean, the topics can come from an important case, like a referral to the large board or case going on the Supreme Court in the US. Um, But often they come from interests of members and we drive them through discussions. We talk to the patent offices about them to get their views. And then we try and bring a consensus position, which hopefully represents the balanced IP system. So we don't have, we're not too influenced by big big company lobby or university lobby or particular tech groups. Excellent. Thank you very, very much, uh, Robert, for this presentation. Uh, For those of you listening on the chat, there is a link to the CET webpage within FICPIs. For those of you who are interested in perhaps joining this very interesting uh, group of FICPI. We turn our attention now to Anne Lévy, who is the president of the Practice Management Committee. Welcome. Hi, hello, everyone. Thank you, Lucia. So I'm glad to be able to tell you more about our commission and share some of our initiatives. I'm sorry for my voice. I've just recovered it uh, this morning. Um, The Practice Management Commission, PMC, was formerly known as PEC, the Professional Excellence Commission, that was created in 2008. The recent change of name was intended to reflect our focus on management aspects, which are highly important and not part of our IP-focused core business. We offer a platform to discuss problems among equals. PMC looks at what, how we do business in, as IP firms and thus complements the work uh, done by CT uh, introduced uh, by Robert. One of PMC's tasks is to advance knowledge about managing IP firms. To do so, we organize the practice management stream of FICP's Open Fora, which is a series of uh, sessions dedicated to the business of our profession. Since COVID, PMC is also participating in organizing webinars on business and management topics. Topics we have explored or are exploring include automation in IP management to help firms embark on optimization and automation initiatives. We have also drafted model engagement letters that are available in the private part of the FIPI website. The continued emergence of third-party providers is already having an impact on our firm, and a subgroup was created specifically for this purpose. It's called Brace. We are looking at the use of these services by our members and what, if any, impact they've had. We feel FIPI needs to stay alert and the leader in sharing knowledge about these and other pressures affecting firms. In addition, one of our working groups focuses on identification of profit generation in IP firms. 
A survey will soon be circulated and a session will be held at the next FICPI forum in London to hopefully bring FICPI members some guidance about this matter. IP valuation is another topic our group is working on and uh, I think comprehensive information has been produced and is available on the FIPI website. Soon we will be publishing case studies provided by some of our group members. Last but not least, uh, we have initiated work on how to implement strategic objectives within an IP firm. A group of volunteers will be meeting periodically with a focus on the practical implementation of their objectives and they will report back to the FICPI forum next year on what worked, what did not work, and why. So these are a few examples about uh, the work done in PNC. The way we connect, practically within the group, is through monthly Zoom telcos. So I invite you to join. Any member of FICPI is welcome to share their knowledge and experience, raise any current issue, and discuss it with colleagues that might encounter the same concerns. So thank you for your attention and please do not hesitate to reach out to me and my vice presidents, Louis-Pierre Gravel here and uh, Louis Lagler from Switzerland. Thank you very much. And I, I do want to follow up just on one point. I know we're all you know, suffering from survey fatigue, but the, the surveys that FICP runs out are quite important to the work that the various groups do. And so I encourage you to fill them out and if you're the recipient of a survey and can't necessarily answer all the questions, please forward it to someone within your firm who can. We are really trying to build some, some significant knowledge uh, to be able to assist firms when we present our reports to uh, to open fora or within webinars or, or other workshops. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup, Anne. Merci, Pierre. Returning now to Eric Le Forestier, who is the uh, chair, president of the Teaching and Education Commission. Bonjour, Eric. Bienvenue. Bonjour, Louis-Pierre. Uh, merci de me donner la parole. So, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Everyone. So, I'm, I'm president of the Training and Education Commission, which is dedicated to, 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 of course, as its name says, training and educating professionals in the IP field. So, historically, uh, the, this commission was involved in building the, the, the educational programs for FORA uh, in Europe and symposia in Asia. And then the big, uh, the big start of tech was really the launch of the drafting courses, which started initially in Asia. So with that, we had this seed course, as we said, Southeast Asia drafting course, which was created uh, by a group of, of high-level uh, professionals, um, including David Carmichael in, in Asia. That was first run in Singapore. Uh, and uh, it's been running since the late 90s. From that, um, a similar program was launched in Europe in 1999. It's been running uh, for uh, years until the pandemic and before the pandemic also uh, on two occasions a course was uh, launched and successfully run in South America first time in, in uh, Brazil and second time in Colombia but then we had the pandemic that put a stop to all that activities and to be uh, accurate the the last session of the seed course in Asia had to be done online and that was done uh, pretty successfully. And I want to thank here Jeff DeKlein and Kara Keter, who were heavily involved in that program and adapting 
to that situation. Of course, the pandemic uh, brought a, a, um, a brutal stop to all that activities. Um, and at the same time, uh, we had difficulties with uh, pursuing the course in Europe uh, because, of course, the high qualified uh, uh, teachers were getting old and it's always difficult uh, to, to get a group running for years and years when people are getting old and we definitely uh, need uh, French blood, uh, fresh blood, sorry. One thing, one activity which has been particularly stringent over this year uh, was resulting from a partnership between FICPI and WIPO. We created together a drafting course, uh, which is co-organized and co-run, um, uh, co I would say, between WIPO and FICPI. There was a live session in GDVine uh, in July, and it's been a very heavy task for FICPI to, to uh, participate in that course. We, bring, we brought most, most of the content to the course. There was there were four uh, segments. I want to thank Carl Brackett and Sharon, who is here, uh, who uh, dedicated a lot of time to, to this course, and it's now getting to an end. One good thing is that this course will lead to a certificate with, which will be co-signed by WIPO and, and FICPI, and this is really an occasion uh, to bring uh, regions of the world where FICPI is not necessarily very present uh, to bring these regions uh, uh, aware of the existence of PICP and the role of PICP in the in the independent uh, community. Uh, there were about 42 students from 26 different countries, including less uh, least developed countries and developing countries. So this is really uh, a place where PICP becomes visible. Uh, as I said, uh, it's been a huge task. It's been uh, using a lot of my uh, uh, tech time, I would say, and there is still a lot to do. We have to relaunch the seed course, which we want to do for next year, and we have to rebuild the team for the um, European course and possibly have courses elsewhere. We are talking about South America again, possibly with a cooperation with ACP, uh, possibly a course in India. So there is a lot to do. And I would say compared to uh, um, the CET with uh, Robert said 200 members, something like that, and compared to the PMC, uh, we don't have enough members. So we had in um, our Congress in Cannes some interesting marks of interest to, to develop the strengths of uh, our commission. And the I would say now the, the FICP WIPO course is getting over and uh, we have more time to dedicate to other stuff, uh, we will be really uh, launching again this activity and revitalize uh, the commission uh, starting actually right now. One other thing is, uh, I'll be quick, uh, just a few words about branding. Uh, Training and Education Commission Tech uh, is not a very appealing name. So I'm currently discussing with Mike Hatcliffe about um, about uh, calling the commission differently, and probably that will go around the academy or something like that, and 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 really uh, using that at best uh, to make uh, the 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 communities aware about about the role of FICPI in uh, in training. And finally, an activity that should be also relaunched and which is time consuming is to seek sponsorship for our courses. Our courses. Are are expensive to run. They they need to bring people traveling from different parts of the world 
uh, to different places. And of course, sponsorship is something which is uh, needed to, to make these courses live without uh, bringing the expenses and the costs for the students uh, to a, an excessively high level. So that's about all for the time being in tech. So uh, I hope I've not been too long with Pierre. So, uh, and of course, if there are any questions. Thank you very much, Eric. Moving uh, right along to uh, Julian Crump, who clearly has nothing to do on his hands because stepping out from the presidency of FICPI has now landed in commissions and nominations. <laughs> Bonjour, Lucia. Uh, thank you. Well, like my uh, colleagues before me, uh, our commission, um, it really does what it says on the tin. We're the communications commission and we communicate, or at least we do now. Um, it wasn't always that way. According to the statutes, our, our mission is to uh, promote FICP to the general public and to the IP community and for publication by newsletters and whatever other means uh, relative to the Federation and its membership. Um, we also look to the strategic plan for instructions and prioritization of what we should be doing. That's the FICP strategic plan. And really communications is, um, you know, is in the strategic plan's DNA, I would say, um, amongst the goals that we have uh, in that plan. Uh, FICP is to demonstrate the value of the IP professional within the IP systems, to provide greater business and networking opportunities, to connect IP attorneys at the international level, to improve the knowledge of its members, and to make improvements to its website. And in, additionally, to adopt modern marketing techniques, it says here, uh, and to raise its profile in key jurisdictions where FICP is underrepresented, including the US, Japan, and China. So I look at those uh, particular goals when I'm looking to implement our our statutory role. Um, as I mentioned, it wasn't always thus. Um, we really started again with a bit of a reset in communications in 2019 when we brought on board uh, Mike Hatcliffe, who Eric has already mentioned. He's our external communications partner uh, based in the US. And we did a bit of a review of where we had got to in terms of our communications. And it wasn't that great. I mean, just to give you a flavor of that, we did have a newsletter at the time, but the feedback from the membership was that whilst they liked a, a, a newsletter, just not the one they were getting. <laughs> so, so the instruction from Mike was that the newsletter in its current form must end. So he proposed, and we have been working for the last three years on a number of things. First of all, we were building the FICP story, and we were putting in place building blocks for our ongoing communications, namely a new newsletter, um, a new website, uh, social media. I think that's what they mean by modern marketing techniques, and, and a blog, which was a first for, for FICP. The branding position which, which emerged from all of that work is something which um, I think we can all be very proud of because it really nails what FICP is. Um, and that was FICP is a global community built on trusted relationships, which strengthens the practice of the independent IP attorney. So we launched a communications charter uh, by which we asked or invited all of the commission heads and their members and delegates of FICP to stick to that, that brand message, to adhere to it, to update their information regularly, to contribute to our LinkedIn groups on social media, to contribute to the new blog, to contribute to the new newsletter, and so on. Most of those things have now been implemented, but I think the work of the Communications Commission for this term will be to continue to strengthen those things. We are constantly looking for uh, helpers to review newsletter content, to make sure that we 
not only um, pay lip service to that key messaging, but we also sort of live it and breathe it through our communications. Looking for editors for the blog, uh, anybody who's interested in sort of sourcing ideas or working with authors for the blog. I think LinkedIn, we've gone from I think I looked, it was about 1,200 followers in November 2019. We're now at nearly 5,000 followers. Um, so something is working, but we could do with more. We could do with forming a kind of a LinkedIn team, I think, because at the moment that burden falls on too many, uh, too few shoulders. And then we have other specific um, uh, projects, like we're currently working on some video messaging, video promotions of FICP and our sponsorship activities and our um, training and education exercises um, and so on. So, so to wrap it all up, uh, Louis-Pierre, what do we do? We, we report on FICP activities. We promote FICP internally and externally. We police the message. And I guess you could say that we connect the global community by communicating inwards and outwards. And um, more help is needed. Thank you very much, Julian. Perhaps a half a minute on the nominations, because that's another role you play. Right. So going, going from COM to NOM, nominations is a new, a new uh, um, committee which was created, I say new in FICPI terms, it was created about four years ago. But the idea there was, you know, there was a sense that the way that FICPI works as a voluntary organization was that it was a little bit of a closed shop in terms of how you get on the, the ladder of positions and, you know, how you get promoted up that ladder to take on roles such as these, such as the commission presidents and the bureau and so on. So, uh, and it was felt that it was a little bit of sort of, you know, whose turn is it next, which, which by the way, it never was. Uh, FICPI favours active volunteers, and that's about the beginning and end of it. But it was felt that we should be more transparent um, and that we should communicate better uh, with our membership about how to, how to get on with positions. So we created the nominating committee. Uh, and the nominating committee has two jobs. Uh, one is to put forward a slate of candidates uh, for election at the next Congress. Um, and we do that in conjunction with the Bureau. And the other is to um, uh, distribute or promote information amongst the membership as to as to how the how the process works versus getting involved and, and going up the ladder. I shall be starting that in about a year's time. We've just started the current term, so it's a little bit premature, but we'll be starting that next year sometime. Excellent. Thank you very much. And I, I, you know, one of the theme that is coming back is, and Eric alluded to it a, a few times during his presentation, is the organization is getting back in front of its members, but it's also looking for new members, younger members to be active and participate. And for those of you who are just being introduced to FICP now, FICP is one of the main international NGOs that patent offices, governments, and other NGOs listen to when it comes to IP policy. And therefore, there's a there's a real opportunity to affect change and to be uh, influential and a trusted partner on the international scene. Thank you very much, Julian. Very appreciated. You're welcome. Um, we turn now to uh, the topic at hand, which is admissions with uh, Francesco Paolo Vatti. Merci, Louis-Pierre. Uh, uh, hello to everyone. One of the uh, feature and the goals of FICPI is to have and keep a quality membership. And uh, among the other, uh, the other way to, to get it, uh, one is uh, to filter, so, so to say, the uh, members at entrance. 
the admissions are dealt with uh, uh, either nationally by the national associations and a few national uh, sections, or uh, directly uh, internationally by the admission commission. Mission commission uh, looks through the uh, applications for membership and checks uh, the requirements of quality through uh, some referees uh, provided by the candidate and uh, uh, through the, the representative to the exco of the national groups. Uh, the driving force for this is, uh, uh, according to the papers I got, uh, would I trust this candidate if I need a, a, a colleague in that country? If the answer is yes, the uh, positive recommendation is easily done and uh, put forward to the Bureau. Otherwise, uh, a rejection is to be expected. Uh, we are dealing also with other projects. Uh, we are trying to change a little bit the process uh, uh, through a sort of a body scheme, accompanying uh, the, some people uh, asking questions and inquiring uh, about uh, fifty membership until to the presentation of the uh, application. Members of the commission are Philip Philip Coyle from Ireland, Julie Ballance from New Zealand, Ximena Castellanos from Colombia, Simon Rees from the United Kingdom, Didier Antes from France, Alexander Vierwold from Germany, Peter Zommer from Germany, Constantino uh, Skilimidis from Greece, and, and, and I think that's all from my commission. Thank you very much, Francesco Paolo. Changing gears a little bit, FICPI is, a, is an NGO, FICPI is a non-profit organization, and it is pretty critical for this kind of an organization to have a good eye on its finances. And I would like Philip Mendez da Costa to talk a little bit about the Finance Advisory Board. Thank you, Louis-Pierre. I know that uh, typically anything to do with finance is the last pe thing people want to do, particularly in my time zone in the morning. But it is an important role. And uh, so the Finance Advisory Group was Board was created, and it provides a support function to the organization. Technically, the board reports to the executive committee itself. Uh, so it doesn't uh, report essentially to what is the, you know, sort of the day-to-day -day executive of the organization, the bureau, but directly to the executive committee, which is made up of representatives of all of the countries which are member, which have members. As you would expect, the jurisdiction or meets and bounds of what the finance advisory uh, board can do um, is quite broad uh, and it can consider issues um, and proposals that may come from the Bureau or the Expo and it also has a function where it can independently uh, decide to review an issue or a topic and make recommendations based upon that. It's a relatively small group. Um, really they're made up of myself as president and at least three other members so it's not like CET or PMC, which have uh, much more diverse uh, membership because of the, the substantive topics that they're working with. Thank you very much, Philip. And, you know, I, I think uh, FAB, as it's commonly known, plays a critical role in ensuring that members' concerns about the financial management of FICPI are properly addressed and looked at and brought to the attention of those who uh, who need to make some decisions on it. Thank you very much, Philip. Similarly to uh, admissions, we also have a membership committee. And uh, Paula Silas is uh, our fearless leader of the membership committee. Welcome to the webinar. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm Paula Silas and a partner IP lawyer, European trademark attorney from Peregrine's office in Helsinki, Finland. And I currently just started <laughs> to um, be president of this uh, membership committee and uh, just 
was selected the EXCO meeting in September. So this is also the first time to me a leader com committee. So so I have a lot of new new things to learn. Um, but we work together with uh, closely with admissions committee and Francisco Paolo is also ex official member of our committee. I'm pretty much now putting together the committee work. If any of you wish to join our committee, please send me an email and I will, I will just discuss it with the bureau. And uh, we currently have approximately, I think we have seven members. And this committee was established as a part of the implementation of FICP's strategic plan. And our committee has mostly like an advisory role. And uh, needless to say, as mentioned already, that uh, membership growth is an extremely important to our federation. And it's one of the goals, goals and objectives of the strategic plan. In our committee, we are charged with studying how to increase membership of the Federation amongst eligible IP attorneys. And we make recommendations on how to increase participation by members to different FICP events and how to also increase uh, communication between cooperation between uh, our members and to help to share information between members. Currently, I think the focus is more on the US and Asia memberships. And also we have some uh, possible new sections coming up. And we also plan to have within the committee a Zoom meeting to outline the tasks and look for the upcoming term, what to do and where to concentrate on and et cetera. And, and I'm very happy to, to hear different um, ideas and also to get new members to our committee. So everybody's very welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paula. And I think one of the things that we, is important also to ensure that the members have a, a good experience as members of FICPI. And I think that also is a focus of yeah. the membership committee, exactly. uh, which is which is great. Thank you very, very much. We have a commission, which is called UCOF, the European Union Committee of FICPI, headed by Daniel Algy. Welcome, Daniel. Yeah, welcome. Thank you very much. So it's my turn to explain UCOF in short time. Well, actually, UCOF deals is, is the note of FICPI to the European Commission on to all the other uh, European um, authorities like the European Parliament. Um, and uh, also, uh, we have regular meetings uh, at the Court of Justice. So we had that uh, before the COVID times. So everything which deals with IP matters, uh, within the European Union is dealt through uh, through UCOF partially, um, of course, patents, trademarks, and designs, uh, but actually also other topics like uh, trade secrets. Uh, we had also resolutions on that, uh, geographic indications, and everything which happens with IP inside the uh, European Union and also its relations to outside. So we have regular meetings with the uh, responsible um, commissions of the European Commission. So uh, mainly the DG uh, Market and Grow Commission, which deals with all IP rights within the EU and DG Trade, which deals with everything which is uh, foreign policy of the European Union. And we regularly discuss with the people responsible for for IP in these uh, in these commissions in these DGs uh, with respect to novel plans uh, or how to improve things and we have regular meetings with them uh, in person um, last years we had that in well virtually uh, sometimes since the fluctuation of 
people at the commission is quite high. It sounds like, like a uh, hide and seek uh, to get all the persons that are currently responsible for a given annual meeting to track them together and to organize the meeting. So we do also this organization, uh, but some people are there for virtually ever and uh, we have close relationships to them. Uh, of course, we dealt with the community patent uh, and, and the unitary patent 10 years ago, where we shared that with CT Group 4, and we have a quite a lot of interconnections uh, with CT in this matter. So the, that's why the, the, the patent, European trade patents, uh, trademark and design heads and chairs of the CT are my automatically vice presidents by election by myself, because that makes the short note to the uh, Yukov. And last but not least, of course, we, we have opinions on standard essential patents that we communicate to the commission. But Yukov is also the official lobby node for FICPI. So uh, anything official which, which runs under uh, from FICPI to the European Commission should be sent via Yukov because we have the number uh, for, we have the lobby number. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, Daniel. And, and those of you who are European attorneys who would like to engage with the European Patent Office uh, or the various European institutions regarding intellectual property, UCOF is the place to be um, for uh, for engaging. Although, well, from what I understand, it is a bit of a game of whack-a-mole to try to find the, the people who are actually responsible for given topics. Yeah, well, well, it's rather easy to get uh, track on, on the European Patent Office and UPO, so for trademarks and, and uh designs and patents, but actually for the rest of uh, the things that are headed by the European Commission and not by office, uh, that's usually, uh, yeah, it's it's challenged sometimes. That's what makes life interesting, isn't it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're 2022, coming up to 2023. One of the topics that is dear to FICPI as an organization and some members in particular is that it is the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as accessibility. And recently, FICPI has tasked uh, a subgroup to focus on these issues, headed by Elia Sugranis and Sharon Crane. Welcome, both of you. And uh, perhaps you can share a little bit of the work that you are already doing and planning on doing over the next few years. Hello, thank you. I will just introduce, because I it's fair give the word to, to Sharon, who, who did an amazing work during the last years in this in the building of this of this commission this dei commission diversity equity inclusion and accessibility came from the came also from the strategic plan it was a result of this plan we are working we are monthly meeting and working in different issues Mm, such as uh, resolutions on the on finding an inclusive language in IP in different aspects of in IP. Uh, we have been working in a workshop which was quite successful in in can mm, some other aspects that I would like Sharon to follow on. Thank you. Thanks, Elia. Um, so I guess it, the real basis for this is if you look at FICPI, we are almost 6,000 members um, from over 80 countries. And um, by definition, we're very diverse to begin with, um, but we did not have, um, have any way of really formalizing that um, until we uh, passed a resolution about a year ago, formally uh, started this committee. One of 
the goals of this is to increase diversity in the leadership of FICBI in um, in speaking events, etc., and also to support our members and their firms in bringing diversity into um, their firms and the leadership of their firms as well. Um, as Elia mentioned, um, we've done workshops and um, planning future sessions at FICBI meetings. We're also hoping to have a colloquium with at least one other um, uh, intellectual property organization. And hopefully that's gonna happen in the next year or so. Um, we keep a calendar of um, events um, from various uh, groups and countries and jurisdictions from around the world that we try to uh, send out reminders um, from time to time on those. So I think the goal is to build diversity within and outside of, of FICBI itself. Thank you very much. And I think another theme that I think our listeners will will recognize is that although there are very distinct uh, commissions and organizations and committees, there's an innate sense of cooperation and collaboration between the various moving parts of FICPI to make sure that its strategic object objectives are met and carried out. Um, and so, you know, between um, between communication and DEI and UCOF and uh, and uh, and tech, you know, there is a lot of interaction between the various groups, and it's important to uh, to recognize that and to also underline the fact that uh, this none of us are doing anything in a in a vacuum. It's it's a it, we're part of a much greater whole. You know, following on that topic, Sharon, uh, perhaps you can talk a little bit about the webinar series that this particular episode is a part of. And the webinar committee is just looking for members who have ideas about topics that we can have uh, for these webinars that Louis-Pierre is so ably uh, moderating. In particular, we're looking for interesting speakers from outside of FICBI, from various governmental organizations, um, people who are outstanding in their field. And um, so we're hoping to get input from as many people as we can um, to bring those interesting topics uh, to light. Thank you. Maybe I can tag on a little bit on this one. The webinar series FICBI is an IP organization, but the webinar series isn't strictly focused on substantive IP issues. The webinar series is really there to engage uh, new speakers or speakers that would not necessarily fall within the orbit of FICPI to talk about some of the interesting issues of the day or uh, technology or some public policy issues like we had regarding the patentable subject matter and the one we're having in a few weeks from now regarding the same topic in Canada. And so, you know, I do invite everyone who has ideas for topics to, to chime in. This is, uh, I think, coming back to Julian's intervention, one of the ways where FICBI can demonstrate its value to the membership and also to showcase some of the work that it's doing through the various committees and, and organizations and arms of, of, the, uh, of the organization. Thank you very much, Sharon. Turning to a topic that is perhaps not as sexy as webinars, but oh so important, deontology. And I'd like to invite uh, Doug Deeth, past president of FICPI, to say a few words on this. Welcome, Doug. Uh, thank you, Louis Pierre. Um, you're right. Uh, the, the deontology committee is one that's probably best never heard from. One of its roles is to advise the bureau 
of possible violations of the statutes or the rules of the Code of Professional Conduct by 50 members, which include both national sections and individual members. Uh, another important role is to uh, make recommendations or advise the Bureau with respect to activities that the Federation or its members propose to take. Uh, for example, if a nationalist group proposes to change its constitution, deontology might be asked to advise whether or not those changes are acceptable and consistent with FICP's overall constitution and its, its uh, governance rules. Another important role is to deal with complaints from members about the activities of other members, uh, such as advertising complaints, um, non-payment of fees, which is something that arises from time to time. And of course, one of the advantages of being a member of FICP is that you have some assurance that if you deal with other members of FICP, that your bills will be paid on time. And as our code of conduct says, um, regardless of the payment of that other member by their client. So, so that's an attractive selling point for not only joining FICP, but for dealing with other FICP members when you're looking for associates in other countries. I should point out, though, that often those complaints are dealt with and, and resolved informally by the intervention of the president or some other senior officer FICP without, without having to get some decision from deontology. Uh, unlike Deont unlike most other commissions, with the exception of, of FAB, is members of deontology are elected, and they're elected by the EXCO, and, and they serve for a term of nine years, uh, and a third of those members are elected every three years. We do have a couple of vacancies on deontology now, so if you would like to get involved in, in very little work and for very little recognition, um, please let us know and uh, we'll consider you for membership on the commission. Uh, thanks, Louis-Pierre. And thank you very much, Doug. In line a little bit with deontology is the statutes, the, the formal organization for FICBI. And FICBI, as other organizations, is a living organization and its statutes sometimes need to be tinkered with or modernized or uh, amended to reflect the current reality. And the person currently helming this is uh, Jürgen Schmitchen. Welcome, Jürgen. Thank you, Louis-Pierre. Yes, you have heard sometimes of the statutes. Jürgen said, according to the statutes, the task of the Communication Commission is this and that, and so on. So the statutes commission or committee is the body which, on request by the Bureau, makes proposals for for example, amending the statutes or the rules or the code of conduct to modernize it. So the statutes are, we are an association under Swiss law. The, let's say, the set of written rules for such an association is under Swiss law, the statutes. That's the name uh, in the Swiss law. And this is where our name comes from. We are at present four members, one member, from Australia for English language, one member from France for French language, one member from Germany for the German language, which is then the three languages of our statutes, and me as the president. And I think that's basically what I can say about the commission or the committee. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jürgen. And then to tie everything up together, FICP 
as you heard, is a fairly large organization with over 6,000 members. We have staff. We need some coordination and uh, we need someone to ensure that everything runs smoothly. And that is where Secretariat comes in. And it's currently being helmed by Elia Sugranies. Yes, thank you, Lucia. Just to take this up, yes, this uh, the role of the secretariat is to um, it's really responsibilities to put everything together to coordinate the different com committees, and the secretaries is composed by the deputies Sharon Crane and Swarup Kumar, and the very valuable work of Rebecca Sandland, who is also here behind the scene today. Too. There are many topics that we are we are dealing with. I'm quite new in my in my position, as you all know, but there is a lot of work to do and many topics we would like to deal with. Uh, we of course deal with the supervision of the permanent staff. We coordinate the admissions, the working papers. We coordinate and we are part of the commissions, of the communication commission, of the statutes, the ontology. Apart from all the matters that the organization as a whole need to be run with. Thank you very much, Elia. And um, I thank you for everyone for participating uh, today. I think this was a, an extremely valuable session. During the presentation, uh, Rebecca was kind enough to uh, add links to the various uh, commissions and organizations and committees. Therefore, if you're interested, if you want to know more, if you want to speak to one of the heads, please uh, do not hesitate to reach out. I want to thank everyone for listening uh, and participating in this webinar. And uh, we will see you in two weeks or so, where we will be talking about the notion of patentable subject matter, but in Canada, and a recent case that is uh, making its way through the courts. Thank you very much. Have a great day. If you have any questions about the topics discussed in this podcast, you can sign up for free and message us, ficp.org. You can also find out more of what's to come on the FICP Focus 45 podcast series, either on the events page of our website, LinkedIn, or via our newsletter. See you next time.